Welcome to the College Scoops podcast. I'm your host, Moira McCullough, and today we are talking with Anna Stanislavlev about the nonprofit she started as a college junior, Student Impact, that supports students, teachers, and schools in the time of online learning. I just want to encourage students to step up, take leadership, and make an impact where you can. Your voice matters, and you can do so much. You might not realize it, but you can. This is the College Scoops Podcast, and I'm your host, Moira McCullough. We focus on everything college-related, from the admissions process to where to eat, stay, and explore on and around campuses. Our guests include founders, educators, authors, and experts in the college space. Join us as these experts share their knowledge, experiences, and lessons learned to help you have stress-free, informative, and tasty college journeys. Whether it's your first or last child going to college, or you're just interested in going to a college town for a game or meal, we've got you covered. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the College Scoops podcast to get the inside scoops on everything college-related, and leave us a review. Thanks to all of our sponsors, partners, and the entire College Scoops ambassador team for helping us bring valuable content to our community. If you would like to support College Scoops as a sponsor, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash college scoops and sign up as a sustaining listener, insider, or deluxe sponsor. We have exclusive benefits for our members, free eBooks, and even a College Scoops care package. Anna is a rising fourth year at the University of Virginia. She has a double major in commerce at the McIntyre School of Commerce with a concentration in management and marketing with a double major in Spanish. She is the founder of Student Impact, a student-led nonprofit helping with the transition to online school. Currently, Student Impact has a summer high school leadership program with over 200 participants across the country. They also just donated 350 packages of books, jump ropes, and crayons to low-income middle schools. They also have a full intern and student ambassador program. Anna is very accomplished as she is an Eccles Scholar and an Achievement Award Scholar at UVA. Anna has professional experience working in marketing, startups, and mergers and acquisitions, and hopes to go into the consulting field in the future. Welcome, Anna, and thank you so much for joining us on the College Scoops podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, I love seeing your friendly face because I've seen it before. You were a student ambassador for us on our first launch of the Q&A student panels that we did for College Scoops back in March. And you are classmates of our lead intern, Anna Turk, who I could not do any of this without. So a big plug for Anna. (laughs) You guys set the bar so high for us on the video. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you for your um, continuous support of College Scoops and coming here today to talk about this incredible organization that you have founded. And I want to share with everyone and help you out in any way spreading the word. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. And also, it was my pleasure to be an ambassador. So thanks for having me. And I'm excited to talk about student impact. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself first off? I am a rising fourth year at UVA, or rising senior, as most people would say. I'm in the McIntyre School of Commerce, concentrating in management and marketing. So I have a true passion for business. But at the same time, I also work as a discussion leader, which is basically like a TA for the Foundations of Commerce professor here. His name is Jeffrey Leopold. I've always had a real passion for education, and I've been a tutor for years. So once this whole pandemic 
kind of started, I started really noticing the impacts it was having on education, which is why I ended up founding this organization. I'm very passionate about travel. I love languages and have a second major in Spanish. I absolutely adore learning about other cultures and kind of immersing myself. So I've been abroad twice in college and once in high school and just love learning about other people and their perspectives. So that's just a little bit about me. Well, that's why you and I get along because I love travel. I love exploring, meeting people from different cultures. And I also have been volunteering throughout the years as a tutor in Newark, New Jersey. And I mean, I walk away helping these kids and reading and at any level and the joy that I get from it, I almost feel like I hope I'm giving back as much as I'm getting from these students. So I think it's wonderful what you did. So tell us a little bit more about student impact because you're right, the timing is so necessary right now and what you're doing. Yeah, so I'll kind of walk you all through a story, I guess, because it all started when I was actually abroad in Spain. I had been recruiting for an internship uh, for the summer and I had a couple of opportunities, then a full-time opportunity kind of came around and just a lot of things happen, as always does with recruiting. But I was kind of finalizing some things when coronavirus broke out in Europe and everything started to become truly global and the pandemic was spreading everywhere and we were sent home. For me, it's a gut-wrenching story, but many have had much worse experiences during corona, so I cannot even compare my experience to many families across the world. But, you know, I felt as a student like something was ripped away from me and kind of almost stolen, you know? And I'd been so excited about this experience like throughout my entire life. So I, you know, was mad at the world and just came home and kind of sulked in my room for a little bit. But then I noticed that I was having a difficult time in school focusing through online learning environments, especially because I was taking classes at 4.30 in the morning on Madrid time <laughs> from the U.S. <laughs> but then I kind of, you know, was realizing like I really need to take a step back and think about other students because I really don't have it the worst. There are others who are having it much worse than I. For example, in my county, they hadn't even been able to start up school yet while I was like home for two weeks already, just because there was like a disaster in getting the online platform working. Students weren't really encouraged to learn anymore. They were demotivated and a lot of the technology wasn't working. People didn't have access, etc. And so I started to become really curious about what other people were experiencing during this time and kind of what teachers were also experiencing. And so I ended up having a couple of conversations with teachers that I know in my community and also teachers that I've had in the past in high school because I was really interested in K through 12. And I learned that they were really the most impacted by this pandemic, especially in the public school system, because they were such large systems with students of varying needs um, and, you know, completely upending their entire educational system in one week was practically impossible. Um, and on top of that, teachers have never really had training on a large scale of how to teach online. So it was just really, really difficult. And I could see that through a lot of students and a lot of teachers. And my conversations with, you know, many different people kind of brought me to really want to do something and not just sit around and quarantine. So I decided I really wanted to make an impact in some positive way and kind of you know, thought of it first as a research project, but then I was like, I really want to actually impact someone's life and not just, you know, obtain knowledge about what's going on at the current moment. So I ended up 
reaching out to a couple of other students at UVA, actually also one at UCLA, who I've never met in person before, but she's a friend through a friend who's really passionate about education. I've fostered a lot of newfound friendships through a virtual environment like this one, and we kind of came together as a leadership team to tackle some issues, bring light to a couple of really important topics that we saw right away. And this summer, what we've been doing is focusing on a lot of the more immediate needs of students in order to address what's going on right now as we roll into the fall and hopefully helping schools to plan for fall online instruction. So just to give you a little bit of a sense of what that means is this spring we focused on things like student demotivation, things that were like really inhibiting students from learning. So for example, we hosted an online panel with some really fantastic psychologists from UVA and also researchers in the Mindfulness Center. And what we learned through them is just a lot of great information about being resilient and also the demotivation that happens when you don't interact socially as much as you would in, in a regular environment. But also, they give so many great tips for teachers on how to re-encourage students in the classroom and re-motivate them, which was really exciting. So that was kind of really catered towards the spring just because students were really dealing with this issue of I'm losing like my excitement for learning. I just can't pay attention in this online classroom. Like it was really difficult. And I felt that on a personal basis. Later in the summer, we tried to address the issue of summer reading and the lack of summer reading in a lot of schools for students that are either economically disadvantaged or disadvantaged in some sort of way. So we ended up launching a program called Books for Kids. Um, and so far we've partnered with two schools to provide summer reading to hundreds of students and have distributed about 2,000 books so far. So it's been really exciting. And that was kind of an issue that we wanted to tackle over the summer because libraries are closed, schools are closed, and students who would not be able to have access to books otherwise, we're able to get that access through us. We really reach out to schools only with minority majority populations and also schools that have 85% or over of their student population eligible for free and reduced lunch. So those are kind of our two qualifications for the program. Going into the fall, we're focusing on kind of what are the needs more catered towards actually getting back into the learning environment and not just continuing learning over the summer. So for example, we're working with this one elementary school called Whittemore in Massachusetts to actually provide reading materials that are focused on topics of diversity or diverse characters or diverse backgrounds. We're tying that into the curriculum for asynchronous learning. So basically, a lot of their students don't have access to online learning and are not ensured that they're going to have in-person learning for the fall. So what we're trying to do is create an actual curriculum for them so when they're not on the online learning environment, they can still be learning from home and have activities that will help them progress so that they don't fall back behind. We hope that this will be really successful and that we can implement it at other schools, but that's just one of the projects we're working on for the fall, which I'm really excited about. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> When we talk about transferring to a virtual learning environment, so many people, as you said, students were upset, confused, angry. Teachers also were trying to do their best. And I think it does come to somewhat extent a generational thing, too. People didn't know how to react. People didn't know how to transfer their lectures into an online 
scenario. So everyone was struggling and trying to do the best that they could with no notes as to how this was done before and no guidance. So you're student-led. So do you have any formal mentorship, sponsorship with UVA, with the entrepreneurial program there, or is this something that you and your team are working on with advisors? This is completely independent from UVA. We've just garnered some UVA support because we are UVA students and we're helping the Charlottesville community in some ways. For example, some ways that we've been tied to UVA are a couple of different departments and funds have donated in order to help us provide books to Clark Elementary School through the Books for Kids program, which is a school here in Charlottesville. So for example, the McIntyre Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion was a sponsor. The Office for diversity, equity, and inclusion on the university level was a sponsor. And also we had the largest chunk of funding really from the equity and environment fund here at UVA. So we've had some sponsorship in that kind of sense, but in an advisory sense or a mentorship sense, we've had no support really from UVA other than just personal connections that we've reached out to to get some mentorship, like my personal mentors, for example, at the university. Right. Okay. So, which is so important because this is something that you're creating on the go, kind of just find out what's needed most right now and how can you make an impact in Mm -hmm. a time frame. And you've already talked about what you did in the spring to address the situation and and help students right away. The summer reading program, which is so very important for everyone and anyone at any level, and then working to get a fall program or curriculum in place to help schools as they navigate this kind of changing environment that we're dealing with. So in terms of your ability, because I went on online too, and you were saying that you're tutoring, you have an intern group and a student ambassador team. How do you get the word out? How do you grow that team? Where do you pull these students from? And tell us a little bit about the team that supports you. Yeah. So honestly, it's been amazing. And kind of to tie back into your last question as well, I have found an incredible informal support system from being a student at EVA. So the word of mouth just among students has been so strong and also support from students, but also like individually professors and other mentors that I've reached out to have helped so much. So for example, my career counselor that I've worked with for, you know, this year, she actually referred one of her students that she was working with to our internship program. So she directly referred a student that I never had met before to our internship program. And she's actually one of our most amazing interns. She created the connection with the Whitmore School in Massachusetts. She's actually genuinely making an impact in her own community by doing that. That's my first point. My second point is we've used a lot of really agile tactics. And what I mean by that, so we started with zero dollars and one idea. And today, we have over 500 students either working in Student Impact, volunteering for Student Impact through our Student Ambassador Program, or actively participating in our programming, which is incredible, I think. Um, I just can't believe how much it's grown. So the way that we've done this is really through a lot of word of mouth, but also through social media. So I'd say just off the cuff, maybe like 30% of that 500 students got to us through social media. We put out like a TikTok, which is a completely new platform, 
just to see how it would go. And we literally got hundreds of applications from students all around the world, from Canada to the US to Jamaica to the UK, you name it, for our summer community leadership program, which is actually right behind me. <laughs> and that's been one of our most successful programs. It's basically a program for high schoolers so that they can basically do what we're doing on a smaller scale within their community. So they identify a problem and then come up with a solution for that problem within their own community over the course of a month. So in high school students reaching out to Student Impact from a high school in Alabama and saying, I want to help our community. They apply to you, you give them a framework? Kind of like that. We have an application, it's open to everyone and they don't need to have a group or anything to sign up. They just individually sign up through a form that we put out online on our website. And we put out a couple of advertisements through social media and stuff like that to get people engaged and it blew up. So a lot of people applied to the program. I think overall we had over maybe 500 applications. That's just from memory, but for over two sessions because the first session was so popular that we decided to open up a second session. So basically what they do is they sign up and then we go through the applications and we see if they meet some certain criteria that we've set internally for which high schoolers we'd like to accept. Pretty competitive pool. Basically what happens is we group high schoolers based on their location. So if they're from, for example, Dallas, Texas, they might be paired with people in their city if there's enough, or most likely they'll be paired with students within their state or maybe in the South if there's not enough Texas, but usually we have a lot of Texas students. So that's just kind of how they get paired. And then they might not know each other. They might not even be from the same state if it's like a less populated area or just a less popular zone for us. And they work together to figure out what is most needed in their community based off of the pandemic. What in the pandemic has caused a problem in their community? And what can they do to actually solve that problem? And what they do is they get someone called a college leadership mentor. And these are basically college students that we've interviewed and who have applied to be one. What they do is they're just a mentor for the high school students. So they don't really have any leadership power over their project, but they mentor them in creating a plan, budgeting and timeline, marketing and fundraising. And lastly, the last week is just to execute the project. So they kind of guide them through that process. In addition to that, the high schoolers also get exposure to a lot of really important and awesome professionals every week through our speaker series, which is every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So, so far, we've actually had some really notable speakers. For example, one of our speakers was the First Lady of New Jersey, Tammy Snyder Murphy. She's awesome and spoke about her leadership experience and also her leadership experience as a student. And then we've also had a college admissions officer from GW. This week, we have a career counselor from UVA coming to talk about how to highlight leadership on a resume. We've had an entrepreneur come and we're having a psychologist later this summer to talk about leadership and also resiliency during the pandemic. So we've had a lot of really interesting speakers. So these speakers are specific to the leadership program or to the whole student impact team or, or specifically to help these high school students who were accepted to the leadership program learn more about being an effective leader? So yeah, it's specific to the program. That's why it's such well-rounded program and that's why we're really selective with kind of the students that we accept it is specific to the program it's only for these high schoolers 
occasionally will give the invite to a couple of interns and other groups at Student Impact, but it's really only for the high schoolers. I actually decided to be a CLM for this program or a college leadership mentor because it was just so amazing last session because they just finished up the first session this week actually. It was a month long, so four weeks, and they just finished up the session and I was so blown away by the projects that they had initiated and actually executed in their community that I was like, I just have to get more involved in this. Even though I'm really busy already, I just made the time and I'm actually the CLM for two groups this session and it's been really fun. So I have a lot of hands-on experience with it. <laughs> yes, this is so exciting to talk about. I could talk for hours, but I won't, <laughs> I won't talk your ear off. But so a couple of the examples of last session were, first, there was a team from Virginia that focused on domestic violence and kind of the increase of domestic violence during Corona. So they created an awareness campaign on Instagram to basically bring light to this issue. And on top of that, they're raising money for an organization, I'm blanking on the name right now, but an organization in Virginia that helps support domestic violence victims. Another example, which I was super impressed by, was students from New York. They launched a bookmark design competition. So they told students, please design a bookmark and you have the chance to be on a thousand bookmarks in this one library called PJ Library in New York City. And so they partnered with the library to let them distribute these bookmarks in the library and they're raising donations through like the sale of this bookmark, I think to the library, I'm not 100% sure on the details, but they're raising donations to kind of help with reading and students who might not have access to reading because of the pandemic. So it's basically bringing light to an issue of encouraging reading during the pandemic, especially to students who, you know, might not have as much access to it, but also they're raising money for the cause, which is just absolutely amazing. I'm blown away that they can make such a partnership. And then actually New Jersey, to tie it back to your state, New Jersey is working on collecting masks. So they're collecting masks, I believe, for just the homeless. And they have a couple of centers that they're going to to kind of give them uh, these materials, but it's been really exciting. One of our directors, Emma Murphy, is actually the head of that group. She was a CLM, and she like is so excited about it, and I think that they are too. It's a fantastic project. So a lot of different things going on, but really, really important issues, and it's so cool to see how creative these students have been around actually coming up with these solutions. So I'm blown away and really excited for this next session. And again, this was just formed within the spring time frame that you were able to think of this idea, create a plan, actually execute it, and get overwhelming numbers of students and high school students to have some extremely rewarding experience for this summer. I have a matchmaking service, so we get student tutors who are from top universities. Like, we have students from UVA, UCLA, Yale, I forget, like a bunch of other universities, and we connect students who are in need of tutoring, which I'm sure will be a lot of students this year because of the need for on, you know, one-on-one -on -one help. We connect them together. And then students who are tutors, they actually personally price their sessions. So we're basically just a matchmaking service to get these two people together. But we give them guidelines and like some sort of infrastructure so that they have like more of a systematic approach to tutoring rather than just whatever. 
we also are committed to providing tutoring services to people who can't afford tutoring through private means. So what we do is in order for the tutors who would like to be matched with students, um, in order for them to kind of enter our tutoring network is what we call it, so that they can use our matchmaking services, we require tutors to give us two hours of volunteering per month so that we can host things called Tutoring Tuesdays, which are free days of tutoring on Tuesdays that students can sign up for that wouldn't be able to, you know, sign up for tutoring otherwise. So it's really like a nice system because tutors can give back in a volunteering sense, but also get economic opportunities from the way that we organize it. So you need current college students who are willing to tutor high school students and they would reach out to you, then give two hours worth of Per month, so literally two, any two hours in the month that they can give up, perfect, just so that they can tutor someone in a subject that they already know about, or like tutor generally. So we need college students especially to kind of work as tutors, but also really we're looking for clients on the student side, so people who would need some tutoring help. So any high schoolers that kind of follow college scoops that are interested in getting a tutor, please reach out to us because we'd love to help and also would love to help the student tutors who are looking for business right now. You get so much more out of it personally, knowing that you're helping some student get through chemistry or algebra or something that is for them so unwieldy and so difficult yeah. that you may come so naturally. So it's, it's a win-win on all ends. So perfect. So college students who are looking for new opportunities to grow and to help people reach out to student impact for that opportunity in the fall. Will you have interns and student ambassadors helping as students re-engage and get back into the school semester? Yeah, we're actually right now working on developing similar programming to this for the fall so that it actually works a little bit better with school time just because right now it's kind of intensive because it's the summer and students don't have a lot going on. But we're working on how to refigure the program so it fits more for the needs of students during the fall. It might end up being more education focused, but we just haven't made a final decision on that. Separately from that though, we are working on a lot of different programming. So this is just one of the programs. I find it amazing that this program was literally funded with zero dollars, this particular program and it has been a wild success and so many positive results have been you know, a result of this program, which is just absolutely fantastic. It's great to see students who are passionate about making an impact in their community, gaining leadership experience, and also just getting engaged with other students and kind of growing their own personal skills. So it's truly really been amazing. Well, and the sense of giving back when you felt so hopeless a couple yeah. months ago, and then turning that energy into something that's positive. They always say, you know, don't let a crisis go to waste, take the opportunity and create something out of it that can help everyone. So to be able to do it and then figure out how you can sustain that going forward and continue your success is really difficult because as you said, you're all students. Like you're a right senior, you have graduation and is, is in the midst. When you talk to different teachers or colleges or schools, one or two takeaways that you want them to get or, or help that you need from them to make you even more successful than you are right now? What could the community do to help student impact? 
going forward? Two major things. The first is get involved. We've thought of ourselves as the student movement right now. We are completely led by students. We are representing student voices in a system that has never really accepted student voices as like a leadership mechanism or a leadership voice, I would say. Like students have never had a say in the educating process. They never make any decisions behind how school is going to be run, you know, have never really had any power over that. I think right now students are the only group of people who genuinely understand what is is going on with school because they're the only ones actually interpreting learning. There hasn't been enough research and guidance from leadership and teachers to be able to understand that to a degree that a student understands that. And I think that giving those students a voice and saying, you know, this is a valuable perspective. There's a lot to learn from the student voice. That's incredibly important. And that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're not looking to upend the educational system here, but we want to look at it with an innovative approach. Say, we've had the same education system basically for the past over 100 years. It's been the same structure. Right now, like you said, take advantage of this crisis in a way, in a positive way at least, where you can. How are we going to change schooling for the rest of our lives to make it better for students and also better for teachers? How can we create more innovative approaches to what we've been learning for our entire lives? And maybe how can we change the way that we learn to look at new concepts in different ways that we wouldn't have originally been learning in the classroom? For example, subjects like diversity, race that are never discussed in the classroom, I think are now, you know, have become extremely prevalent today because of the social movement that's been going on but like is this a moment in time where we can actually you know critically look at the education system and say you know what this needs to be included like this is something that we need to talk about here i just want to encourage students to step up take leadership and make an impact where you can your voice matters and you can do so much you might not realize it but you can so that's my number one thing which is a long convoluted way to say spread the word and like really take leadership. The second is <laughs> donate. I mean, we are completely grassroots funded. We really don't have like large pools of funding that come from somewhere. We only embark on projects that we can financially take on, but because we're literally completely volunteer based, um, we can do so much with even just like a couple of hundred dollars to help a school. So if anyone can, it helps so much. When you talk to teachers and educators, what are some of the things that they have said they wish they had to be more successful in an online learning environment? I think the number one thing right now, and I don't think that anyone can give this to teachers, but I think that teachers are so at a loss because they're so confused with what's going on. Teachers have no answers as to what their classroom is going to look like in the fall. And I think that they really want like final decisions being made. And, you know, that's just kind of from the feedback that I've gotten. And I think a lot of them understand that it's not really possible right away and, you know, with a snap of a finger, but they do appreciate administrators that really take the time to be diligent about it and be communicative and transparent with them just because it's, so difficult to even think about planning for your classroom when you don't even know if you're going to be hybrid, virtual, in person, 
and how that's going to work. School is a social construct. For teachers, I think another thing that's really difficult is how do you maintain the same camaraderie that happens in a classroom when you've never met the people that you're teaching ever in your life in person, if you're online. Like, think about that for a second. I've never met my teacher, and now I have to go online and just have this newfound relationship with her through my screen. That's kind of like a very daunting thing for both students and teachers, and I think that it will be interesting to see, like, in the fall how that plays out. I hope that it goes well. I've made some relationships, like I said before, with people who are I'm on meetings with every single day that I've become, I would say, like very, very close with, but only through virtual interactions. I've never met them in person. So I think it's possible, but it's just going to be difficult and different. Well, and I like what you said a couple minutes ago. You talked about working with different professionals, how to motivate the student and keep them engaged in a virtual environment and bring in, you know, different experts like mindfulness. And it is hard. It is hard when you are used to walking into a classroom and getting that vibe and feel of the classroom and the teacher. And there's so much more you can see. I know personally, you know, I like in person. This is very hard for me. But as you have said, and I've also with everything that's gone on, I've met more people online and worked on Zoom more than I ever (laughs) thought I would. And it actually is not that bad. So I think it also is having the right mindset and attitude and thinking, okay, it's not ideal, but let's make it work for everyone involved. And how can we do that successfully as a student? So that's something else that you can help communicate out to your K through 12 students. Like I'm, I'm here with you. I'm dealing with the same frustrations and nervousness about the whole situation. Yeah. Whenever I interact with anyone from Student Impact, I always like preface this with, I'm a student too, like I'm going through very similar experiences as you, and I think that's why we can connect on such a level. I actually am back in Charlottesville already. My lease for my house started in June, so it's actually been a little bit more comfortable working from here because I have my own space and everything. Thinking about how school is going to transition, everything's going to transition into school in the fall, I'm really nervous, honestly, and I think that that's Totally okay to say. I'm sure a lot of people have the same opinions. UVA has taken the stance of we're going to go hybrid. We want to have as much in person as people are comfortable with and that we can like actually support in our classrooms. Like I just talked about, school is a very social construct. And I think that, especially on the college level, at such a university where there is a lot of off grounds housing, I honestly think that there's going to be. A lot of difficulty in kind of controlling student movements, enforcing quarantines and regulations that are that should be enforceable and that should be kind of followed. And it's not because I think the student population is going to go against that, you know, willingly or anything like that. I just think college is built around the concept of living in close quarters and kind of being one on top of each other everywhere. Like dorms are so tiny and there's two people there. Like people share rooms in college just to lower their rent. Like there's just so much closeness that I really think it's going to be so difficult. And it's a little bit daunting because, you know, I have my own space and I feel comfortable with the space that I have. But like, I don't know if there's been enough conversation about, you know, among the whole school community, like what this is even supposed to look like. No one really has any idea. And I think that that's probably the most scary thing because I obviously, this is my last year. I'm so excited. Like 
I have built such close friendships over such a long time and I love being around the people that I love. But it's going to be really different this year and I think it's difficult to accept. But the most difficult thing, back to what I was saying, is that like I just don't know how it's going to look. What I've always known is going to be completely different. And now I know my new normal, which is being in quarantine and socially distancing from everyone and, you know, doing my part to like help society. But at the same time, how does that work in like this environment? And it's just, I don't have the answer to that. I just think it's like a question that's constantly on my mind. (laughs) It's like what you said about I'm having the same discussions, like almost like a social contract. Like how, how do you do that. You know, as a family, we did it with everyone coming back home. Like we need to have agreements. We need to have ground rules and guidelines in in place. And guess what? It's changing every minute and we're all trying to do our part. So what do you wish you knew before you attended college? That's a good question. I actually was talking to a younger friend about this um, recently and really, it really got me thinking. One thing that I wish I knew before I went to college is that the first friends you make don't necessarily end up being like your best friends ever. You know, I'm still in contact with everyone that I met like right at the start of college, but I think I came into college with the sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet my best friends right away. Like everything is going to be perfect right from the start. I'm going to fall into a group that I love. So excited, but very idealistic. If it was like that, then everyone would just be best friends with the people in their dorm building, which is just not true. You know, if I had to give anyone advice, I would just say, go in with an open mind and let things fall into your lap. Like I'm still making close friends. My fourth year of college, I literally have never known some of these people that I am starting to meet like through online experiences. And now they're becoming like my best friends at EVA, even though I've never even one met them in person. And two, this is my fourth year at the university. Like I'm old comparatively. So I just think like be ready to divulge into new relationships all the time and just kind of enjoy it. College is all about meeting people and like understanding other people and questioning your own perspectives and thinking about different things and learning new things and that comes the most through meeting new people. Don't stop after your first year or first semester. It always keeps going. Or after you join a fraternity or sorority or club or whatever. Like, just keep meeting people. I want to go back because all the great tips that I wish I took and I actually implemented when I was going, the same thing. I mean, it's amazing. I said to my son, who's a senior in high school, I'm like, you didn't meet your best friend in high school day one. Yeah. It was so over a long course of many, many years. And I think sometimes, you know, we think that we're going to go into college and as you said, meet your best friend that's a roommate that you signed up with or that you were assigned to. And you have to be a sponge. You just have to be willing to take it all in and be open to that and know that life is going to throw you a couple curveballs. But we're all pretty resilient. If you have the right mindset, you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. So I love that. You know, I'm a foodie and I know you love to travel, but any favorite food place, I say dessert, but some people are not dessert people. I don't have any judgment on that. (laughs) I love desserts, but I don't have one favorite dessert place in Charlottesville. Like if I would just pick up something, it would be insomnia cookies on the corner, which are delicious. But I'm a huge foodie and Charlottesville is a foodie town times a thousand. 
So if I had to choose my favorite place to eat, it would be if it's something that's quick, I would choose Luce Pasta, which is fresh pasta that's to go in the middle of the downtown mall. It's amazing. And then if I were to sit down somewhere, it would be Bang. It's an absolute amazing restaurant. And it's like an infusion of all sorts of different cultures. Like Asian tapas is basically the cuisine that they sell there. But it's just, it's just completely random. But I love it. Absolutely amazing food. Okay, I'm getting hungry. I didn't eat lunch. <laughs> <laughs> me too I'm thinking about it right now thank you so much for joining us today and sharing this incredible organization and kudos to you and your team for just accomplishing more than anyone could have imagined you yourself included like never thought that it would get to this stage so kudos to you again students reach out if you want to get involved donate anyone who's listening and speakers contact you as Yes, so you can contact us obviously through any social media or through our email, which I'll send to you. It's just studentimpactleadership at gmail.com right now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Many thanks to Anna for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation and all the helpful information Anna shared. In just a short time, Anna and her team at Student Impact have been successful in implementing spring, summer, and fall programs for students in K through 12th grades to assist with reading, online learning, leadership programs, and mentorship opportunities. If you want to get involved as a student tutor, intern, or ambassador, head over to our show notes for all the helpful links to student impact. If you want to donate, we will have those links listed as well on our blog post at collegescoops.com podcast. You can find all of our show notes and links to our helpful resources mentioned throughout our conversation on our website at collegescoops.com podcast. You can learn more about Student Impact and Anna on her website at studentimpact.org or on Instagram at Student Impact Nonprofit, Facebook at Student Impact, or TikTok at Student Impact Nonprofit. Please take a couple of minutes to rate, review, and subscribe to College Scoops. Thank you for listening to our College Scoops podcast. Our entire College Scoops team strives to make the college journey a little bit easier, less stressful, fun, and tasty by sharing all the inside scoops we have curated along the way. We would love to hear from you about topics to cover and your ideas on everything college related. Reach out to us at collegescoops.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.